0: This is the Wikipedia page for Jimmy Pearsall. Welcome to WikiListen, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW.
1: And I'm Victor Vernado, KSN, and I'd like to say a special hello to Daddy Teichman out there. Hey Dad. Just for Wiki listeners, it was Rachel's dad who requested this page. So this is happening.
0: Yeah. And if you want to request a page, we might read it. So give us those requests.
1: It's it's actually, this is going to be a good one because uh, this baseball player was up to some shenanigans.
0: Yep. Let's get into it. Jimmy Pearsall. James Anthony Pearsall, November 14th, 1929 through June 3rd, 2017, was an American baseball center fielder who played 17 seasons in Major League Baseball, MLB, for five teams from 1950 through 1967. Pearsall was best known for his well-publicized battle with bipolar disorder that became the subject of a book and a film, Fear Strikes Out. Early Life
1: Pearsall led the Leavenworth High School Waterbury, Connecticut basketball team to the 1947 New England Championship, scoring 29 points in the final game.
0: Early Athletic Career Pearsall became a professional baseball player at age 18, having signed a contract with the Boston Red Sox in 1948. He reached Major League Baseball in 1950, playing in six games as one of its youngest players.
1: In 1952, he earned a more substantial role with the Red Sox, frequently referring to himself as the Waterbury Wizard, a nickname not well received by teammates. (laughs) He referred to himself. He tried to give himself a nickname and everyone was like, nah. (laughs) That
0: reminds me of something I would have done. On June 10th, 1953, he set the Red Sox club record for hits in a nine-inning game with six.
1: Personal problems. <laughs> On May 24, 1952, just before a game against the New York Yankees, Pearsall engaged in a fistfight with Yankee infielder Billy Martin. Following the brawl, Pearsall briefly scuffed with teammate Mickey McDermott in the Red Sox clubhouse after several such incidents including Piersall spanking the 4-year-old son of a teammate Vern Stevens in the Red Sox clubhouse during a game he was demoted to the minor league Birmingham Barons on June 28th yeah you do not grab other people's kids and spank them
0: yeah that's pretty weird
1: yeah that's that's over the line Piersall
0: but the minor league team was like oh we'll take him
1: yeah because he, he was major league player but just cuckoo pants so I was just going to say I know he has a, uh, a psychological problem it's probably not nice to call him cuckoo pants but I would tell you if uh, someone did grab my child and spank them I would probably be calling them a lot worse
0: Yeah, I was about to call you out on not being politically correct with your use of the mental health terminology, but then I realized what he did. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to say anything.
1: (laughs) But now everybody's out. Everything's out. Everything's out in the open.
0: Glad we cleared that up. In less than three weeks with the Barons, Pearsall was ejected on four occasions, the last coming after striking out in the second inning on July 16th. Prior to his at-bat, he had acknowledged teammate Milt Bolling's home run by spraying a water pistol on home plate.
1: I don't know what that means. Is that kind of like leaving a horse in somebody's bed as a warning? A horse head? I
0: I don't know exactly what that means.
1: Receiving a three-day suspension, Pearsall entered treatment three days later at the Westboro State Hospital of Massachusetts, diagnosed with nervous exhaustion he spent the next seven weeks in the facility and missed the remainder of the season.
0: Pearsall returned to the Red Sox in the 1953 season finishing ninth in voting for the MVP award.
1: He once stepped up to bat wearing a Beatles wig and playing air guitar on his bat. He led cheers for himself in the outfield during breaks in play and talked to Babe Ruth behind the center field monuments at Yankee Stadium. In his autobiography, Pearsall commented, probably the best thing that ever happened to me was going nuts. Whoever heard of Jimmy Pearsall until that happened? Good points. By the way, Jimmy, you should refer to yourself as nuts. It's a psychological blah, blah, blah.
0: Sixties were a wild time. Yeah. Later athletic career, Pearsall was selected to the American League All-Star team in 1954 and 1956. By the end of the 1956 season, in which he played all 156 games, he posted a league-leading 40 doubles, scored 91 runs, drove in 87, and had a .293 batting average. The following year, he hit 19 home runs and scored 103 runs. He won a Gold Glove Award in 1958.
1: On December 2, 1958, Pearsall was traded to the Cleveland Indians for first baseman Vic Wirtz and outfielder Gary Geiger. Pearsall was reunited with his former combatant, Billy Martin, who also had been acquired by the team.
0: In a Memorial Day doubleheader at Chicago in 1960, he was ejected in the first game for heckling umpire Larry Knapp Then after catching the final out of the second game, whirled around and threw the ball at the White Sox's scoreboard. He later wore a Little League helmet during an at-bat against the Detroit Tigers and after a series of incidents against the Yankees, Indians team physician Donald Kelly ordered psychiatric treatment on June 26th.
1: After a brief absence. Pearsall returned only to earn his sixth ejection of the season on July 23rd when he was banished after running back and forth in the outfield while the Red Sox' Ted Williams was at bat. His subsequent meeting with American League president Joe Cronin and the departure of manager Joe Gordon seemed to settle Pearsall down for the remainder of the season. Oh, my! he met with the American League president and he's... So the American League president, Joe Cronin, like that is a that's a very, very big dude in baseball. I don't even know baseball. And I know to meet the American League president, you have to be in real trouble.
0: Yeah, I wonder what they said to him.
1: He's like, I'm a vampire, Piersall. if you keep doing it, I will eat you. I will eat you because vampires rule baseball.
0: I'm sure that is a direct quote from the conversation. Yep. Pearsall came back during the 1961 season, earning a second gold glove while also finishing third in the batting race with a a .322 average. However, he remained a volatile player, charging the mound after being hit by a Jim Bunning pitch on June 25th, then violently hurling his helmet a month later, earning him a $100 fine in each case.
1: Despite the minor eruptions, Pearsall earned a $2,500 bonus for improved behavior, but was dealt to the Washington Senators on October 5th. The outfielder was then sent to the New York Mets on May 23rd, 1963 for cash and a player to be named later.
0: I want to get a bonus just for behaving well.
1: Well, you should behave well.
0: In a reserve role with the second year team, Pearsall played briefly under manager Casey Stangle. In the fifth inning of the June 23rd game against the Philadelphia Phillies, Pearsall hit the 100th home run of his career off Phillies pitcher Dallas Green. He ran around the bases in the correct order, but facing backwards as he made the circuit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Pearsall, will you ever stop with your hijinks? One month after reaching the milestone, Pearsall was released by the Mets, but he found employment with the Los Angeles Angels on July 28th. He would finish his playing career with them, playing nearly four more years before moving into a front office position on May 8th, 1967. In a 17 season career, Pearsall was a 272 hitter with 104 home runs and 591 RBIs. In 1734 games.
0: Career after retirement from baseball. In 1955, his book, Fear Strikes Out, co authored by Al Hirschberg, was published. It became the subject of a 1957 movie version, Fear Strikes Out, in which Pearsall was portrayed by Anthony Perkins and his father by Carl Malden, directed by Robert Mulligan. That's the wrong sport. Pearsall eventually disowned the film because of what he saw as its distortion of the facts, including overblaming his father for his problems. Many years later, Pearsall authored The Truth Hurts, in which he details his ouster from the Chicago White Sox organization.
1: Tommy John recalled a conversation with Pearsall in 1964 in which Pearsall offered an explanation for his antics. Look at me, Pearsall said. I'm way past my prime, but I'm making 40 grand a year. You know why? Because people come out to the ballpark and expect to see me go crazy. So every once in a while, I'll give them a thrill and do something nuts. Like sit on the outfield fence or argue with an umpire. Just enough for people to enjoy. It keeps me in the money. Besides, I have nine kids to feed.
0: It's these carefully thrown (laughs) in hijinks in this article that's keeping me just interested enough to keep going.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Not a big fan of baseball, but I'm a fan of Pearsall.
0: Pearsall had broadcasting jobs with the Texas Rangers beginning in 1974, doing color and play-by-play for televised games, and with the Chicago White Sox from 1977 to 1981 when he was teamed with Harry Carey. He ultimately was fired after excessive on-air criticism of team management.
1: Pearsall, who wintered in Arizona, was invited to a White House event honoring the 2004 World Series champion Boston Red Sox on March 2, 2005. I am anticipating him doing something crazy at the White House. I hope this works out. According to a Red Sox official, the White House prepared a guest list of about 1,000 for the event scheduled to be staged on the South Lawn. This is a real thrill for a poor kid from Waterbury, Connecticut, Pearsall said. I'm a 75-year-old man. There aren't many things left. He also said he visited the White House once before as a guest of US President John F. Kennedy.
0: Iconic. In February 1986, Chicago Cubs general manager Dallas Green hired Pearsall as a roving minor league outfield coach and he served in that capacity until his departure in 1999.
1: For 14 years, Pearsall also was an on-air baseball analyst and contributor for WSCR Radio, Chicago's sports talk radio station from 1992 until 2006.
0: On September 17, 2010, Pearsall was inducted into the Boston Red Sox Hall of Fame. Pearsall was inducted into the Baseball Reliquary's Shrine of the Eternals in 2001.
1: Shrine of the Eternals? Wow, baseball. Get a load of yourself. <laughs> television. Pearsall appeared as a mystery guest on the television show What's My Line that aired on April 28, 1957. Guest panelist U.S. Senator George Smathers of Florida correctly guessed Pearsall's identity.
0: Kearsall briefly appeared as himself on The Lucy Show with Lucille Ball and Gail Gordon. The first episode of the show's fourth season, it originally was broadcast on September 13, 1965. The plot has Lucy, Mr. Mooney, and Lucy's son, Jerry, meeting Jimmy, who is making a public appearance at Marineland on the Palos Verdes Peninsula.
1: Personal life. Pearsall was married three times. He had nine children with his first wife, Mary. They divorced in 1968. He resided in Wheaton, Illinois until his death with his third wife, Jan, whom he married in 1982. He was a Roman Catholic.
0: Death. Pearsall died in Wheaton, Illinois on June 3rd, 27, age of 87.
1: You know what? In honor of Pearsall... I'm going to refer to him as the Waterbury wizard from now on.
0: So, yeah. So I guess whenever we're like doing interviews about Wikilisten or whatever, we just have to make references to the Waterbury wizard.
1: The old Waterbury wizard. Rest in peace.
0: Rest in peace. This has been the Wikipedia page for Jimmy Pearsall.
1: If you want us to read a particular Wikipedia page, please let us know. Just like Rachel's dad did.
0: Thanks, Dad. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. To support the show, go to patreon.com slash wikilistenpodcast and find us on social media at Wikilisten and at wikilisten.com.